The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Friends, we welcome you to this service of liturgy, music, and homily. These minutes and moments are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel and for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and your material support, your written and your emailed responses, your decisions about forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. On this Sunday of sermon and sacrament, of word and table especially, we invite all to receive the Lord's Supper at the conclusion of this service. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. And for all that you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, for I long for all of you with the compassion of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
please join me in reading responsively verses from the Canticle of Zechariah with the Antiphon. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, as you are able, please rise for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel lesson. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. 
In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod, the ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. To mend your faith, the apostle wrote, to mend, to mend faith. A noun and a verb, faith and mend. Faith is our personal reliance on God. Faith is our willingness, both in doubt and trust, to live each day. You honor life by living it. You find faith by receiving it. Faith is the state of being grasped by the Spirit, of being grasped by the Holy Spirit in love and justice and truth. Any real faith has some doubt in it, to keep it honest. Faith is the experience of really being alive, fully alive, of living with courage, of being willing to risk, to fail, and to start again. Faith is where and who you are when you are your own most self. So, faith is freedom, real freedom. Of course, we seek the ultimate. We seek the infinite. We seek the divine. Of course we do. Whatever else is life for? This is why we tend to think that everybody, or very nearly so, has some kind of faith. You may not have it dressed up in fancy linguistic argument, gar garments or arguments. That's all right. You don't have to be Paul Tillich to have the courage to be. You don't have to read his dynamics of faith to have faith. And you are grown-ups. You have grown up. So you know well what faith is not. Faith is not blind trust. Faith is not knowledge of all mysteries. Faith is not exception from the laws of nature, physics, gravity, motion. Faith is not obedience to authority for the sake of obedience to authority, religious or otherwise. Faith is not capture by false ultimacies like success or nation or even religion. Faith is not protection from calamity. Born, we are old enough 
to die. Rain falls on the just and on the unjust. This is what the cross is all about. The cross is the measure and the correction of false faith, what faith is not. And real religious faith is unsparingly self-critical. Still, your faith gives you the courage to withstand what you cannot understand. Your faith lives in the courage to be over against all of the fretful and frightening existential anxieties of life, sin, death, meaninglessness, all. On the street, right on the street, right on this street where you live. You may be at a point to hear this word after a week of rending, of tearing, of cuts, bruises, and untimely death. Jesus proclaimed by John the Baptist, one crying in the wilderness, Jesus came and taught us that we are children of God, heirs of life, heirs of life eternal. Jesus has made us children of God. In word and in sacrament today, we are reminded and we are mended, mended. The gospel in this one word, mended, illumines and inspires. You will have heard and read our phrase from last week's lesson, mend your faith. In a way, you heard it again moments ago in Luke and Philippians. The gospel down under, down in the valley, expects a filling up to come, a kind of geological mending, mountains and hills lowered, crooked ways straightened, rough places smoothed out, a mending of the earth, of nature, and a right beautiful reading. The letter to the Philippians, composed in the slammer, you fill in your own favorite term for prison, pokey, calaboose, hoosgow, gray bar hotel, municipal motel, stir up the river, joint, doing time. Expects a freedom from behind bars. And more lovely the phrase, a partnership of the gospel, a mending of the yoke of bondage, of history, wherein love abounds, and knowledge too, and discernment, and insight, and excellence, and glory, and praise, and a right beautiful reading. You heard it here this morning, but you heard it last Sunday in a sliver of a silver line. Paul, last week, in First Thessalonians, 3 and 10, said he hoped to be with that, his favorite congregation, to complete what is lacking in your faith. That at least is what you heard last week here from the new Revised Standard Version. A while back, a generation ago, from the Revised Standard Version, you would have heard not complete, but 
supply what is lacking in your faith. And at the building of Marsh Chapel 60 years ago in the King James Version, you would have, he have heard perfect what is lacking in your faith. Complete supply, perfect. But complete, that sounds like a, a final exam. Supply, that sounds like an economic theory. Perfect, that chills, that sounds cold to the bone. And Paul here yearns, longs, desires to make things right in faith. And the rendering of his yearning is carried to us in these translations. Every person of faith, you and he and all, certainly every minister of the gospel at our best, so yearns, so longs to desire, to complete, to supply, to perfect, round out faith. Why? Because we are so unfinished, because we are so famished, because we are so fragmented. But there is a better way to render that verb better than complete or supply or perfect. And happily, I heard it last Sunday. Last Sunday before worship, some of us sat quietly to read the lessons of the day. One student, DJ Demarius, quietly read 1 Thessalonians 3.10, but he read not from the New or the Revised or the King James versions, but from the New English Bible, another translation, and a good one. And there he read, to mend your faith, so his version read. The slight change is a sliver of a silver lining especially today, especially this week. For now and then our faith needs a little mending. Now and then our faith needs a little mending. Everyone's faith needs some stitching up now and then. We face our existential anxieties like betrayal. Betrayal tears at the fabric of faith, and their faith needs mending. The former governor of California, I read, sat for years over many meals across a shared table without mentioning that one of the caretaker's sons was his. After that, faith needs a little mending. The former assistant to John Edwards, who testified energetically against him for his betrayal, knew early in his own life about betrayal, for his father had been the dean of Duke Chapel and a sometime visitor at a nearby Red Roof Inn in the company of a non-spouse. That early betrayal cut deeply into the fabric of later life. Both his dad and his boss had been false to him. A little mending required, no? Sometimes come Sunday, faith needs a little mending current leader learns the hard way that no email is ever private, ever. Feel free to put anything you want in email as long as you're glad to have it on your tombstone or on the front page of the New York Times. But the public cacophony in that incident is pale by comparison with the rending 
of the garment of faith in the home for the loved ones. Faith for sure, to be sure, needs a little stitch, a little mending, a little patch every now and then. How we long, yearn to mend your faith. And what about the bigger betrayals when nature and history let us deeply down? Some mending required there, too. When violence between Middle Eastern nations goes on endlessly, generation to generation, mending required. When a good nation somehow quietly slides into unexamined drone warfare, wherein a man in a blue shirt at 8 a.m. drives from Manlius to North Syracuse to sit in a screen room and push buttons that have deadly consequence a world away. And then to stop at Wegmans on the way home on East Genesee Street to pick up Cheerios and an extra Christmas ornament to have a quiet evening in the suburbs. Some mending required. Or harder and more immediate personal to us when the specter of untimely death descends upon a commonwealth on Commonwealth Avenue and an early, unfair, unjust, and tragic loss evokes a piercing question. Where was God? I thought God loved us. Or in the nature of things when a formal and false accusation, untrue but lastingly cutting, maims someone we love. Now, come Sunday, we know about needing a needle and thread and stitch, a little tuck, a little mending of our faith. The route to Bethlehem every year goes right straight through the icy River Jordan. Icy, cold, real, existential River Jordan. As my student fellow student of the Bible remembered, Paul was a tent maker. He knew about canvas and holes and leaks and cuts, and he could mend as well as make. That is what makes the New English Bible translation so mendingly meaningful. How I long to mend your faith. Our son had a stuffed animal for many years. The animal was a raccoon, a stuffed raccoon. The raccoon's name was Rooster, Rooster Raccoon. I have no idea how such a name came to be his, but his it was. Rooster Raccoon went with us on vacation. Rooster, the raccoon, I mean, went with us on boat rides, on toboggan rides, on car rides. Rooster had his own seat in the way back of the van. He took the sun at Marconi Beach. He rode over the Mercier Bridge into Montreal. He learned to swim the hard way by falling overboard. He slept outside in a snow fort. He was the first one up in the morning and the last one to bed at night. Sometimes the dog would take him by the collar and run around. We sometimes asked him to say grace at dinner. He would offer a resonant, silent, prayer. 
After a few years, he looked like he was about finished. For stuffed raccoons, one human year is the same as 14, 13 or 14, the metric's uncertain. By accident, near Christmas one evening, Rooster Raccoon found himself seated a little close to the macaroni and cheese on the stove, and up he went in smoke. Or at least in part, he went up in smoke. He was left missing the left part of his left part. I see the child's hand holding up the smoldering dog-eared raccoon with no words, only tears, and an unspoken question, can't you, can't you do something? And then a quick, confident, maternal murmur. Just let me have him. Just let me have him. You wait and see. You wait and see. He will be good as new. We can mend him. We can mend him. We can mend it. And she did. And Rooster Raccoon was and is the best-looking stuffed raccoon without a left side that you could ever want. He is also the most oddly named and now the most oddly shaped stuffed raccoon this side of the Mississippi. But now you will rightly say something like this. Dean Hill. Some things cannot be mended, Dean Hill. Some things cannot be mended. The damage is done. And I will say to you, don't I know it? Don't I know it? But nevertheless, I also will say that longing to mend, that never ends. That desire to mend, that is everlasting. That willingness to mend, nothing quenches, squelches that. That desire to trim and patch and weave and make it do or do without, that urge to mend the tears in your loved one's faith, the desire a pastor has to mend the faith of a congregation, that goes from heaven to earth and back. There is something in that wanting to mend that, like the Eucharist, brings heaven here. Faith is your willingness in the teeth of sin and death and meaninglessness, both in doubt and trust, to live with courage every day. Somebody's welfare this coming week will benefit from your confident, faithful courage. You find faith by receiving it. And faith is the state, say in word, say at table, of being grasped by the Spirit and filled with love and justice and truth. Or as Paul wrote, we pray most earnestly night and day to be allowed to see you again and to mend your faith where it falls short.
Please be seated. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to help us get to know you better so that we can help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew. We would note that following the service today, those of you in the Thurman Choir are invited immediately following the service to join Dr. Jarrett downstairs for a very brief meeting and rehearsal. Uh, and that is largely so that the women of the church following the service may join Dr. Beverly Brown uh, and others at Sloan House for uh, a program there. Uh, and they will be leaving. Uh, anyone else who's not in the Thurman Choir is invited to meet in the narthex. Also this afternoon here at Marsh Chapel at 3 p.m. is our Blue Christmas service, a service of solace and hope for those who uh, find the holidays not always to be an entirely joyful season. Again, that's 3 o'clock here in the nave of Marsh Chapel, Blue Christmas. Later this week, we would remind ourselves, for those uh, especially students who may have not noticed yet, Wednesday is in fact the last day of classes. Uh, and so uh, regular weekday activities uh, here at Marsh Chapel do conclude on Wednesday evening. Uh, we do have uh, some special events going on on Thursday. Our prayer labyrinth will be out in Robinson Chapel downstairs for those who need a brief study break. And then on Friday is our uh, reading retreat, Seeking the Sound of the Genuine. Some may wish to uh, partake. If so, we would ask you to register on the Marsh Chapel website uh, no later than tomorrow afternoon. Then next Sunday is our, a repeat of the 39th annual service of Lessons and Carols that we had this pri past Friday night. On the 16th at 11 o'clock Sunday morning, will be repeated here live in the nave of Marsh Chapel. Following that service, you are invited to an open house at the Deanery, 96 Bay State Road, uh, and hope you will walk with us down the street to join Dean Hill and Jan there. We also note that the Marsh Chapel Choir has released its CD, Carols from Marsh Chapel, uh, with recordings from Lessons and Carols past, the past five years, uh, in fact. And those are available following the service uh, in the chapel office for $10 a piece. Uh, see Rachel Cape there. For those in our listening audience, you may contact the chapel office at 617-353-3560 or send an email to chapel at bu.edu. We would invite you for during the offertory to consider the choir's meditation on Ave Maria by Franz Bibel. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
offer our thanks, O Lord, for these gifts. Bless these gifts and the givers in Christ. Amen. devotion, our commitment, and our resources. We give you also these our gifts of bread and wine, product of earth and air, fire and water, the life energy of plants and animals and humans. So accept and multiply these gifts, we pray, that we may be nourished and strengthened in the life of faith, and go from this place in peace. In the name of Christ and in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our we have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners that proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you always. And also with you. Let us offer one another signs of reconciliation and peace. The Lord is with you. And also, and also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, 
who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join the unending Scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts, and have mercy on those who fear you from generations to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones, and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things, and the rich you send empty away. Your own son came among us as a servant, to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. We remember how when Jesus sat at supper with his disciples, he took bread, and when he had given thanks and blessed it, he broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Each time you eat this, remember me. Likewise, after supper, he took a cup. And when he had given thanks and blessed it, he gave the cup to his disciples and said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Each time you drink this, remember me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ come in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your servant church, 
All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, all are welcome at the Lord's table. There is wine in the chalices on the pulpit side, and alcohol-free grape juice in the chalices on the lectern side. Gluten-free wafers are available. Please just ask. There are other invitations in your bulletin, and our ushers are happy to assist you. Look, the bread of heaven is broken for the life of the world. Look, the cup of salvation is poured out for the life of the world. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep this feast with joy and thanksgiving.
Dearly beloved, let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 